Well, hello, saints, sinners, and all those in between. Welcome back to another episode of Chronicles Unleashed, where people detour from the road to redemption and struggle to find their way back. As you'll discover, the characters in our fictional stories, as well as the people in the real-life sagas, long for the same things, understanding, forgiveness, and mercy. You may even recognize pieces of your own life. Every week, Chronicles Unleashed will bring you tales of love, life, and human error. You'll be relieved to know that your own mistakes aren't as bad as you think. And even if they are, someone has done it before and been forgiven. In part two of our fictional story, The Good Book and the Book, Pastor Saul and his family were shocked to learn that the building where their church office was located was raided by the feds. Zach offered to share space with the church at his studio location. His brothers and Pastor Saul agreed to inspect the space the next day. As Zach expected, Pastor Saul did want the property. Will agreed with his father, Xavier expressed concern about the rent, and Zach allowed him to believe that he negotiated a deal to pay utilities only. Yancey, as usual, said nothing. They went to lunch, and everyone left happy. Almost. Zach returned to the studio and unpacked the rest of his moving boxes. He started a fire in the fireplace and began to burn the garbage, and then his phone rang. A familiar number popped up. It was his publicist, Phil Dantley. Hello, Phil, he answered. Hello. I had an interesting conversation with the publisher. It seems the buzz is that your book will be a bestseller. How's that retrospective coming? I'm working on it as we speak. I may even do a mini prospective just to see how it's received, Zach mentioned. Do you have a venue? Phil inquired. I think so. And I think you'll be pleased. Zach said mysteriously. Well, you haven't disappointed me yet. Just give me some notice, Phil requested. Talk to you later, Zach said as he ended the call. With Matt West's spiritual music playing in the background, Zach continued to work on his retrospective. He began to review old pictures of him and his brothers before he had been estranged from the family. Some were flattering, and others were just downright raunchy and controversial. They had been young and reckless back then. Zack had been brazen, while his siblings had chosen to be more discreet. Caught up in his memories, he hadn't even heard his brother Xavier walk in. Xavier smirked. I knew it. I knew you had an angle. When Dad brought you back, I knew it was only a matter of time before you would start up again. Well, hello, big bro. Zack greeted him warmly as he placed the pictures into a folder. What do you want? Just give us your price, Xavier said. What do you want, Xavier? You came here for something, and it wasn't to get your picture taken. We want you to go back, he said bluntly. We? We who? Dad and Mom have said they want me to stay. The brothers. Mom and Dad don't have a clue. Yancey and Zephon said that? Zach inquired, deliberately pushing Xavier's buttons. Xavier was infuriated. 
Through clenched teeth, he hissed, Zethon is not our brother. He's just your best friend. For years, it had been like the elephant in the room. Everyone noticed that Zethon resembled Xavier, or as some people put it, Zethon looked like Xavier with a great tan. For their mother's sake, no one would publicly acknowledge the obvious, especially since Zephon's birthday was three weeks before Zachary's. Xavier ignored the reference to Yancey because they both knew Yancey wouldn't want Zach to leave. Yes, I was friends with Zephon before I knew we were related. But you need to accept Zephon as our brother. Dad has, and more importantly, Mom has, Zach said matter-of-factly. Xavier spun toward the door, looked over his shoulder and glared at him. Then he said, think about what it would take to get you to go back to Vegas. He slammed the door behind him. Zach locked the door and returned to his project. Although Xavier's comments cut like a razor, he'd never give his brother the satisfaction of knowing how badly he'd hurt him. He thought about his half-brother, Zephon Prentice. Once the boys learned that they were related, their bond became cemented. Zach maintained contact with Zephon even during the time he was disconnected from his family. He continued to work, getting inspiration from his pain. As he listened to Matthew West's song, Broken Things, he prayed that God would give him enough strength and wisdom to get through his family trial. He was startled by Claire's ringtone. Hi, hun, Zach answered the phone as he turned down the music. Hey, is everything okay? Claire sounded worried. Everything's fine. Why? Zach asked. It's 10 o'clock. When are you coming home? Zach looked at his phone. 10 o'clock? I'm sorry, I'll be home in 20 minutes, promise. He got there 35 minutes later. Claire knew him well enough to know that something was bothering him and that he was trying to shake it off. She sat with him as he ate dinner, and they shared a bottle of wine. He eventually updated her on his day. What pictures do you have of Xavier? He sounds like he's scared of what you might do, Claire mused, gambling and drinking in Vegas. Then there were those pictures of us at the dude ranch. I'd never use those, he said. But they don't know that, Claire pointed out. True. But you know what really hurts? He didn't even ask what I planned to do with the pictures. He just assumed I would use them against him. That's because he would probably act that way. Slightly changing the subject, she said, Guess who visited me today? Who? Zach asked. Your three sister-in-laws, Blanche, Lucy, and Jenna. Zach's eyebrows reached his scalp as he asked for more wine. Let me guess. Jenna said nothing while Blanche and Lucy encouraged you to rein me in. Are you psychic? That was exactly the conversation. Although Jenna did say the house was beautiful. Blanche complained about your mother, and Lucy tried to convince me that I'd hate the preacher's kid wife style and that I'd be better off in Nevada. She even offered to 
Before she could finish her sentence, Zach did it for her. Buy our house? Okay, I know this place is bugged now, Claire concluded. No, I just know my brother and how he operates. I'm surprised Yancey hasn't called me yet. Jenna said Yancey was preparing for a full day at the office tomorrow with his brothers and his father. Ah, a phone call was unnecessary. Yancey left me a message, Zach replied. What message? Jenna's comment is code for the brothers and dad will be visiting me at the studio tomorrow unannounced. Claire shook her head. For people who are religious, you are certainly comfortable with a high level of spying, back-dealing, and dysfunction. Zach looked at Claire, and the two lifted their glasses and toasted her observation. The very next day, Zach went to the studio, put on a fresh pot of coffee, and rather than put on the heat, he started a fire in the fireplace to knock off the chill. This time, Zach had remembered to lock the front door. He threw more boxes of unwanted items into the fire and returned to the back room. While putting the finishing touches on his retrospective, Zach heard the doorbell chime. After locking the back door, he proceeded to the front and saw that it was his brothers and his father and let them in. Well, hello, and what brings all of you to my humble place of work? Zach asked cheerfully. Will looked uncomfortable. Xavier looked like he was ready for a fight. And Yancey looked the same as he always did, like a spectator who didn't care which team won. He couldn't read his father's face. Son, we discussed your book and photo exhibit, and some members of the family would be more comfortable if we previewed it before it's published. Hmm. Dad, I'm afraid that won't be possible because the publishers and I have a written agreement that prohibits that. What's the concern? Zach asked and casually added more boxes to the fire in the hearth. The concern is that for the sake of the church, we need to know what you're exhibiting so that we can be prepared, Will explained. Prepared for what? Dad and I already discussed this, and he's satisfied with my plan, Zach said. He looked at his father, and Pastor Saul nodded in agreement. Will cleared his throat. You have in your possession thousands of pictures, and some of them may be harmful to our ministry. We would need assurances that you would be discreet. So, Xavier got you to do his dirty work, Zach thought. You mean harmful to you? You may be surprised to know that the book is about me and my journey back to the Lord. It has nothing to do with you, Zach pointed out. Uh, yes, but there were times when you weren't acting alone, Will suggested. Xavier looked at him with contempt as Will further exposed their sins. Xavier didn't want to make any admissions in front of his father. Pastor Saul feigned shock. What? Does this mean you boys engage in ungodly behavior with Zach? 
Um, not exactly. I was just there, Xavier stammered. Sometimes, really, I really got involved, Will stuttered. I sexted someone using Will's phone. I pray you aren't using those pictures, Yancey confessed with a deadpan expression. Pastor Saul looked directly at his sons. All of you know about my infidelity. Thank God your mother and the congregation forgave me. She also knows about your brother Zephon and bears him no ill will. The woman is a saint. Will, what about you? I suppose you've led an exemplary, sinless life? Well, I, I, I did smoke weed. I know we took pictures on that trip, Zach, admitted Will. Rest easy, I'm not using those pictures, Zach promised him. They all looked at Xavier, who refused to make any admissions. Pastor Saul gave him a side eye and asked, By the way, what happened when you met with the feds today? They accepted the tithing explanation. Mill Jr. pled out to lesser charges, Xavier responded quickly, shocked that his father knew about the meeting that he tried to keep from him. Were you going to tell me about it? Pastor Saul asked him angrily. Was Milt Jr. blackmailing you about your past gambling problem to keep the church in that space as a shield for his illegal gambling games? Yes. I, I, I don't know what happened, but Milt didn't use the information against me, Xavier admitted. Milt gave the information to me and I destroyed it, Pastor Saul said. I implied that Zach had pictures of him and if they ever came to light, he would stay in jail a whole lot longer. You're not the only person who knows his way around a poker bluff. Will looked shocked, and Xavier said apologetically, Thanks, Dad. Before Xavier could ask, Zach assured him that he wasn't in any of the Vegas pictures he used in his retrospective. Everyone looked relieved. Do you still have all those pictures, Zach? Xavier asked. Some, Zach responded as he stoked the fire a little more. Everyone looked worried again. Yancey uncharacteristically spoke up. Here's a thought. Zach could ask pardon of the church for his past sins and promise not to do anything that would embarrass the church in the future. He always tells the truth, and he's not going to lie in God's house before thousands of believers. Absolutely not. No one else has had to do it. Why should Zach? Pastor Saul demanded. It would make people feel more at ease. Besides, you did it, Xavier reminded him. It would make you feel better. And as for me asking pardon for my infidelity, it was my responsibility as the minister and leader of the church. Zach is not the pastor. Pastor Saul clarified. Will nodded in agreement, but added, but I understand your point, Xavier. Xavier cut his eyes at Will. He looked as if he wanted to call his brother a weasel and a suck-up. After further enhancing the fire, Zach held up his hand and said, I have no problem asking the church for pardon. Just add my name to the program of the service. His father looked thoughtful. Will looked shocked. Xavier looked skeptical, and Yancey's expression remained unreadable. The next Sunday, 
while on their way to church, Claire chided Zach. I don't know why you agreed to ask the church for pardon, and why did you have to tell your publicist? It makes you look like your sins were worse than everybody else's, and they're not. Claire, do you trust me? Zach asked her. <sighs> yes. Then don't worry. I promised Phil I would inform him when and where my perspective would take place. God's got me, Zach assured her. You and Yancey planned this so you could get free publicity for your book and take the spotlight off the Fed's raid, didn't you? And your father knows everything, right? Claire said, shaking her head. Zach smiled and said, Claire, I believe you're becoming a cynic. No, but I'm beginning to understand your family, she said as she looked at him admiringly. Zach's opportunity to speak came after Xavier preached. Pastor Saul introduced him and explained the reason for Zach's appearance. As Zach rose, he looked out at the congregation and he felt a weight lifting from his shoulders. Praise the Lord, church. As my father said, my name is Zachary Jacob Ludlow and I am his last son. The Bible suggests that those who are last shall be first. So I guess I'll be the first son to ask pardon of the church. There was laughter. He continued. At one point in my life, I wasn't open to being spiritually healed. My road to redemption has been challenging and at times sordid. I make no excuses. I only ask the church, pardon me for all of my transgressions. I apologize that my behavior reflected poorly on this ministry and my family. I'll not let it happen again. I've written a book due to be released this week called The Good Book and the Book, which chronicles my many stumbles and crawls during my Christian walk. I have no fear of sharing my story. Confession is good for the soul, as Timothy noted. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I continue to learn from my missteps. I know I'll never be perfect, but I'll make every effort to avoid temptation. I'm also aware that my work is not over because as Christians, we must stay focused on doing the will of God. I have prepared a brief video of my journey. If there's hope for me, there's hope for everyone. In God, I trust. The video appeared on four huge screens. Will and Xavier looked horrified, but were powerless to stop it. Xavier stood up as though he was going to try to stop the process, but through a steely smile, Pastor Saul stared at him and said, sit. Xavier sat. The short video was a synopsis of Zach's book using the tasteful, poignant pictures from his exhibit. In the pictures where he was with his brothers, they appeared as shadowy figures that no one could recognize. The soundtrack on the video included Broken Things by Matthew West and Old Church Choir by Zach Williams. The entire congregation rose to its feet in support of Zach's request for forgiveness. 
Lady Lou said, To God be the glory, and embraced Zach. Claire kissed and hugged him after that. Pastor Saul shouted, Thank you, Jesus! Then he grabbed his son and said the words that Zach had longed to hear. Son, I'm proud of you. Yancey looked at Zach and whispered into his ear, Are you going to tell Will and Xavier that you were burning all those incriminating pictures in your studio fireplace the other day? Zach smirked and said, Eventually. That concludes the story, The Good Book and the Book. The Ludlow brothers are very different and don't always agree with each other, but they were able to come together and support their parents in saving the family ministry. Get unleashed and vote on which of the seven deadly sins, that is, pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth, which most often prevent people from coming together during a crisis. Hit us up on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at Chronicles, capital U-N-L-E-1. That's Chronicles, capital U-N-L-E-1. Join us next week when we look at how three high-profile couples face obstacles as they try to improve the world for themselves and others. Invite your friends and family to come join us and become Unleashed. We only get paid when we get played, so hit us up every week. Special thanks to Mixkit and Michael Ramirez C. for the Chronicles Unleashed theme song, Scripted Life. This is Donna Edwards signing off, reminding you that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. There is hope for us all. <laughs>